0: Good day. I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the Climate Report for Thursday, January 12, 2023. The Climate Report broadcasts and podcasts on KVMR-FM and at kvmr.org every second and for Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Today's show will continue to cover the final data for 2022, what the temperatures were in the air, in the ocean, as well as recapping more of the good news headlines from last year. Essentially, it's going to be the hottest news on global warming. Sorry about that, pun intended. So let's get started. First of all, the relentless challenge of global heating has again been underscored by the tally of a passing year, with 2022 ranking as one of the warmest years ever recorded. And the past eight years now collectively are the hottest documented by modern science. Last year's average temperature was about 1.15 degrees Celsius warmer globally than levels seen in the pre-industrial area, 1.15 degrees C. Now, you might be familiar with the 1.5 degrees Celsius that is the limit that's been dictated by science and the Paris Climate Accords we're already experiencing extreme weather events and calamity at 1.15. Searing record heat has enveloped much of Europe and Asia, which both experienced in Europe and Asia, those two continents, the second hottest years on record. And Europe had its warmest summer ever. Now, if you haven't heard, what scientists have been noting is that for the last three years, we've been having the cooling influence of La Nina, which delivers cooler temperatures to parts of the globe and helps take some of the edge off of the heat as it did last year. Last year, according to NASA's ranking now as the fifth hottest year on the scientific record for the planet. The La Nina event is expected to wind up within the next couple of months, switching to El Nino, which means hotter temperatures. The long-term trend is starkly apparent, however. The eight hottest years ever recorded have all occurred since 2015, with 2016 still the hottest of them all. The research shows that every decade since the 1980s has progressively gotten hotter than the last and the 10 hottest years ever recorded have all taken place since 2010. Now, it should be noted if climate predictions continue as they have, this is just going to be a continuing story, as every year or every previous decade will continue to be the hottest decade ever, quote-unquote. And again, this coming year threatens more of the same, with the World Meteorological Organization pointing out that La Nina conditions will likely wane after March, removing the ameliorating cooling effect from the heating caused by humanity's ongoing burning of fossil fuels. Now, this year has already started off with a bang. The opening stanza of 2023 has already seen extraordinary heat bake much of Europe, while California has been repeatedly deluged by the sort of flooding that scientists warn is being worsened by the climate crisis. The assessment of the latest year of elevated heat is that 2022 was the 46th consecutive year with temperatures above the 20th century average. 46 years in a row. And these data points include millions of atmospheric and marine temperature recordings, as well as a general health check on Earth's other vital signs. The annual sea ice around Antarctica last year was the second lowest ever surpassed only by the record set in 1987. Now, most of the heat trapped by the expulsion of greenhouse gases is going straight into the oceans, which also had a record year for heat in 2022. The steep upward advance of ocean temperatures is a clearer and better indicator of the climate crisis than atmospheric temperatures in the air that can be swayed by year-to-year variables such as the La Nina effect, This is according to Michael Mann, the climate scientist at the University of Pennsylvania, that is familiar with folks uh, after having given his assessment to Congress, warning them decades ago about the hockey stick curve in the climb in our global temperatures. Rachel Licker, climate scientist at the Union of Concerned Scientists, said that the rising temperatures should spur people to do far more to cut planet heating emissions. She said, instead of caving to fossil fuel industry interests aimed at growing their profits, we need to implement bold climate policies for the betterment of people and the planet. She said policymakers reluctant to move beyond incrementalism and companies engaged in greenwashing are quite frankly stealing the future that rightfully belongs to our children. The science is clear. Large-scale transformative action is the only path forward. Well, again, switching to the records for the oceans, the oceans were the hottest ever recorded last year. So while the air temperatures, atmospheric temperatures show that last year was the fifth hottest ever, the oceans are the hottest ever. And again, science is saying that oceans are a better indicator, a dashboard of what's happening because air temperatures are so volatile and can be swayed by El Nino El Niño and La Nina events. So the world's oceans were the hottest ever recorded, demonstrating the profound and pervasive changes that human-caused emissions have made to the planet's climate. This out of The Guardian, it says, more than 90% of the excess heat trapped by greenhouse gas emissions is absorbed in the oceans. The records, scientifically starting in 1958, show a huge rise in ocean temperature with an acceleration in warming after 1990. Ocean surface temperatures are a major influence on the world's weather. Hotter oceans help supercharge extreme weather, leading to more intense hurricanes and typhoons, and more moisture in the air, which brings more intense rains and flooding. Also, Warmer water expands, pushing up sea levels and endangering coastal cities. That's right. Not a lot of folks have thought about the temperature of the ocean being hotter, meaning it expands and takes up more space. So in addition to melting glaciers, which are leading to a rise in ocean levels, simply just heating up the oceans alone will make them rise as they expand. The temperature of the oceans, again, is far less affected by natural climate variability than the temperature outside of the atmosphere. This makes the oceans an undeniable indicator of global warming. And again, in this article, they stress that during 2022, we saw the third La Nina event in a row, which is the cooler phase of an irregular climate cycle centered on the Pacific Ocean that affects global weather patterns. When El Nino returns, it's estimated to be in about three months from now, global air temperatures will be boosted even higher. The international team of scientists that produced the new ocean heat analysis concluded the Earth's energy and water cycles have been profoundly altered due to the emission of greenhouse gases by human activities, driving pervasive changes in Earth's climate system. Going back to Professor Michael Mann at the University of Pennsylvania, who is also part of this team analyzing ocean temperatures, he said warmer oceans means there is more potential for bigger precipitation events, like we've seen this past year in Europe and Australia and currently on the west coast of the U.S. He said the analysis showed an ever deeper layer of warm water on the ocean's surface, saying that this leads to greater and more rapid intensification of hurricanes, which we've also seen this past year, because winds on the top of the ocean are no longer able to churn up that deeper, colder subsurface water that would otherwise dampen intensification. So if you can picture the ocean, it's an Layers of temperature in the surface of the ocean is naturally going to be the warmest because it's in contact with our warmer atmosphere. The deeper you go in the ocean, obviously, the colder it gets. And what they're noticing is not only is the entire ocean generally warmer, but that warmth is penetrating deeper and deeper into the ocean. That means that there is less cold water mixing with the surface, which helps offset and limit these effects. So again, these are sort of the the, um, cyclical tipping points where one thing leads to another. Now, reliable ocean temperature measurements stretch back to only 1940, so just over 80 years ago. But scientists say it's likely the oceans are now at their hottest that they've been for 1,000 years and that they appear to be heating faster than at any time in the last 2,000 years. To put all this into perspective, the oceans last year absorbed about 10 zeta-joules more heat in 2022 than in 2021. So that's more heat additionally last year just added on to the year prior. Well, that's equivalent to every person on Earth running 40 hair dryers all day, every day. So imagine all 8 billion humans, and each of us are given not one or two or a dozen hair dryers, but 40 hair dryers, and everyone is expected to run them all day, every day. That's the amount of additional heat absorbed by the ocean last year over the year before. Another important feature of the oceans is, again, the stratification, which also uh, helps mix that deeper, cooler, nutrient-rich water with surface. So it's not just about temperature, it's also about bringing up nutrients. And that with less mixing in the ocean, that means that the surface layer will be so hot, it will absorb less carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, which will simply increase global warming by keeping that heat in the atmosphere. Now, the heating of the oceans and the impacts on extreme weather, they say, will continue to increase until humanity reaches net zero emissions. Just this past October, the World Meteorological Organization reported that the atmospheric concentration of all three main greenhouse gases, that's carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide, all three have reached record highs. World Meteorological Organization head professor Petteri Tala said, we are heading in the wrong direction. Well, in one more scientific report for uh, what we saw over last year, and and we've got good news coming right around the corner, Um, it says that half the planet's glaciers will have melted by 2100 at the end of this century even if humanity sticks to goals set out in the Paris Climate Agreement, according to research that finds the scale and impacts of glacial loss are actually greater than previously thought. And at least half of this loss would happen in the next 30 years. Researchers found that 49% of glaciers on the planet would completely disappear even under the most optimistic scenario of 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming, Spoiler alert, we're about to blast right past that, and no country has actually taken any steps to honor the Paris Climate Agreement. The big IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act last year, that for the first time allowed a big effect for uh, climate legislation to happen here in the U.S., still would only get us about two-thirds or three-fourths of the way to our commitment of the Paris Climate Agreement. It would ensure that we go beyond one5 So they modeled what would happen if global heating continued under the current scenario, which means we're headed more towards three degrees almost of warming, and the losses would be more significant with two-thirds of glaciers disappearing. This would, of course, significantly contribute to sea level rise and threatens the supply of water to up to two billion people and includes the risk of natural hazards such as increased flooding. Now, the team used two decades of satellite data to map the planet's glaciers with greater precision than ever before. It can be a little bit daunting to try and assess all of these constantly changing assessments from the scientific modeling, but what's happening is we have more and more satellites every year and every decade that are giving us more and more precision. For example, all previous models on the loss of glacier ice due to climate change have been relying on measurements of very specific certain glaciers and then taking that information for some glaciers and extrapolating them to the rest of the planet. But now for the first time ever, researchers have data points on each of our planet's 200,000 glaciers. And for the first time, this gave them insight into how many would actually be lost under different climate change scenarios. What does this mean for people? The the study's lead author, Dr. David Rounce from Carnegie Mellon University said that small glaciers are an important source of water and livelihood for millions of people. He says, when we think about the locations where most people see and visit glaciers, it's really in locations where they're accessible like Central Europe or high mountains in Asia. He says, in these regions, there are a lot of smaller glaciers and they really are at the core of the societies and economies of those locations. They've discovered that the speed of glacial melt has doubled in the past two decades. And, for example, here in California, the water needed to sustain our agriculture comes from glaciers directly, starting from the end of July Okay, well, let's continue then with some good news. Last show, we recapped some of the best news from 2022 from a source called Inside Climate News. I came across another list of top 10 good news stories from a different source called Climate Base. For people who are interested in finding jobs in the climate space, uh, Climate Base is something that not only provides interesting news, but is also an up-and-coming job listing service. And like most years, they say 2022 was filled with a lot of bad news surrounding our rapidly changing climate. But now they're highlighting here the 10 top good climate news stories for last year, which was indeed a year of remarkable climate action. So in spite of the dire state of climate change, here are some reasons to feel optimistic about what was accomplished in 22 and what's to come as we enter the new year. Number one, Of course, we're all talking about it, the Inflation Reduction Act 2022 will go down as the year the United States took its first major step towards addressing climate change. Congress approved the Inflation Reduction Act in August, which opened up $369 billion in federal funds for climate and energy initiatives. That's right, more than a billion dollars a day, $369 billion. Over the next decade, Those funds will unlock billions of dollars of additional investment in climate solutions like EVs, batteries, and utility-scale renewable energy projects. Good news number two, an emergence of lithium battery alternatives. Salt, rust, and gravity. These are just three of the types of energy storage systems that emerged last year as alternatives to lithium-ion batteries. A company called Form Energy raised half a billion dollars to build iron air batteries in a new West Virginia facility, while Swiss gravity storage firm Energy Vault introduced their first major projects in China. Then in Australia, sodium batteries demonstrated four times the storage capacity of lithium-ion batteries in trials. Supply chain bottlenecks, Conflicts and source countries of lithium and human rights concerns from mining have all injected uncertainty into the development of lithium batteries and the climate solutions they power. So salt, rust, and gravity are all looking as like promising alternatives. And again, it's happening in China, Australia, and even in West Virginia. Number three: France is taking on flying emissions. You might not have heard, but last year, France banned flights with an alternative train route of two and a half hours or less. That's right. If there is a train route that you could take that's two and a half hours or less, you can't fly there. You must take the train. The law went into force in 2022 after jumping through its final hoops at the EU. The new regulation will eliminate emissions from eight domestic routes in France and will serve as a case study for other countries with extensive train networks. The French government has also publicly flirted with a carbon tax on private jet flights, but we'll have to wait until this year to see if that proposal becomes law. Top news number four, Brazil and Australian elections. Voters in Brazil and Australia kicked out two of the world's most notorious climate deniers in Jair Bolsonaro And Scott Morrison. Although not among the world's top emitters of carbon, both countries play a crucial role in preventing climate change. Australia is one of the world's top coal exporters and hasn't shown signs of stopping until now. And Brazil's Amazon rainforest is one of the world's most important and fast disappearing carbon sinks. And newly elected President Lula da Silva has promised to halt deforestation there. Top story number five, growth of solar worldwide. Solar energy is the backbone of the renewable energy transition, and the sector continued its explosive growth last year. By the end of the third quarter in 2022, the United States had installed roughly 135 billion watts of solar. That's nearly double the total we had at the end of 2019. Three years later, we doubled it. However, the U.S. amount is still less than half of the 350 billion watts installed in China, where solar installations grew 132% compared to the same point in 2021. Believe me, China is installing a lot of solar as fast as they can. Number six. The COP, Conference of Parties 15, Biodiversity Agreement. World leaders came to the first comprehensive treaty to preserve global biodiversity at the conference in Montreal. Almost 200 nations agreed to restore 30% of their degraded ecosystems, conserve and manage 30% of their land and sea areas, and employ nature-based solutions to address climate change by the end of this decade. Top story number seven, the European Green Deal goes into action finally. The European Commission agreed to the European Green Deal in 2020, and this year saw several ambitious proposals to turn the policy into reality. A carbon border adjustment tax on carbon-intensive foreign imports, accelerated permitting deadlines for renewables, and a law to regulate greenwashing, were just three climate laws proposed or approved by the EU last year. Top story number eight, the growth of heat pumps. 2022 is a banner year for heat pump installations across the world. U.S. President Joe Biden even classified heat pumps as a national security priority when he invoked the Defense Production Act to boost production of heat pumps in the U.S. in June. Heat pumps now cover 14% of Europe's heating, where countries like Poland have adopted the technology after Russian gas was cut off. Heat pumps are one of the best examples of low-hanging fruit climate solutions, proven energy-efficient technologies that can immediately replace fossil fuels for everyday needs, such as heating and cooling buildings. Matter of fact, the Inflation Reduction Act has up to $8,000 in tax incentives for people to switch to heat pumps. Top story from last year, number nine. European countries leave the Energy Charter Treaty. Germany joined Poland, Spain, and the Netherlands in leaving the Energy Charter Treaty last year over obstacles the treaty presents to deploying clean energy. The Energy Charter Treaty is a 1998 international law That holds European governments liable for huge penalties if they build out renewable energy in favor of fossil fuels. That's right, huge penalties if they favor renewable energy above fossil fuels. You might think that this sounds quite ridiculous for today, and it does. That's why countries in Europe are leaving it left and right. Now, Countries who are party to the treaty are still liable for claims in international arbitration for up to 20 years after leaving the treaty. Last top story for last year, number 10, climate tech growth is growing strong. Climate technology investment stayed strong despite growing economic turmoil across the global economy. Investors announced roughly $64 billion in new climate tech investment money, and the cash infusion doesn't count the more than $300 billion that will be doled out through the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, which could put some sectors of climate tech in position for exponential growth in 2023. And speaking of climate tech and some more good news, especially here for the United States, major solar panel manufacturer Q-Cells has announced a huge $2.5 billion investment in a U.S. solar supply chain. And what's being called the largest investment in U.S. solar history, they've announced that they're going to build out a factory that will make all parts of the solar panel because you start with what's called silicon ingots, which are basically like big cylinders of silicon. Those get sliced into slices like bread, which create wafers. The wafers then get... ...coated with different chemicals, that turns them into what are called cells, and then you take all those cells, put them together, and make a solar panel. The solar panel industry is similar to the automotive vehicle industry, where in many cases you might have assembly of a vehicle in a location but the parts are all made elsewhere. And that happens in solar as well. So sometimes you have ingots made someplace, wafers made another place, cells made another place, and then that all gets sent to a factory where they put them all together and make panels. This is a major investment to have one factory making everything in Bartow County, Georgia. The company also has a facility in Dalton, Georgia, where they currently assemble solar panels from parts. Um, But this will boost the ability to produce more than 8 billion watts a year in Georgia. Now, while that sounds like good news, there's also some troubling new research, though, that shows that solar panels in the industry in general are gobbling up silver. Solar cells use silver to conduct the electric charge out of the cell and into the system And each solar cell produced today requires just a few milligrams of the precious metal, but it quickly adds up. And recent studies have illustrated that the rapidly growing solar industry could exhaust much of the world's known silver reserves by 2050 or even earlier. Scientists warn against relying on the possibility of increasing our silver production, noting that like oil, the most accessible silver resources have already been found and mined. They said that opening up new silver mines will likely mean digging deeper or processing lower quality silver, all of which leads to increased energy consumption. Over the long term, the recycling of older solar panels could provide a significant source of silver. However, in the United States, we're far behind on recycling solar panels. In Europe, 90% of used solar panels are recycled. In the United States, only 10% are recycled. And lastly, climate impact labels could help people eat less red meat. Information on environmental impact can persuade consumers against carbon-heavy food choices, according to a study. Now, policymakers have been debating how to get people to make less carbon-heavy food choices. In April of last year, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report urged world leaders, especially those in developed countries, to support a transition to sustainable, healthy, low emissions diets. Well, how can you do that? By simply changing how menus are listed. Participants in the study, which used a representative sample of adults in the US, were shown a fast food menu and prompted to select one item they would like to order for dinner. There were three different groups. Participants were randomized to view menus with one of three different labels. One menu simply had a QR code label on all the items. Another menu had green items labeled for low impact, for example, on chicken, fish, or vegetarian. This was called positive framing. Or they had red labels on red meat items, meaning high impact. And it turns out 24% more participants selected a sustainable menu item when they displayed the red warnings of high impact. Only 10% selected a sustainable menu when items displayed green, low-impact labels. So it's another fascinating way to look at the psychology of choices. If menus have red warning labels, it has more of an impact. Well, that's all for today's Climate Report Broadcasting and Podcasting here on KVMR-FM and KVMR.org every second and fourth Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb, and for daily news headlines in between broadcasts, including heaps of good news and tips, there is a Climate Report social media page. And as always, today's show will be archived and posted to the KVMR website's podcast page for sharing or re For questions or comments, feel free to email climatereport at kvMR.org.